0: we're now listening to The Caleb One Show, where we talk about everything that they should have taught you in school regarding your health, your finances, and your social life. I'm your host, Caleb, and the episode starts now. (laughs) Ho, 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 Merry Christmas! (laughs) Hello and welcome to The Caleb One Show. I'm your host, Caleb One, and this is the podcast where we talk about what school should have taught us. Uh, I hope you guys listening to this are having an awesome Christmas or awesome Hanukkah if you guys are Jewish. Uh, As of right now that we are recording and posting this, it is currently Boxing Day, and you know right now I've got some gifts. I hope you guys at home have had some awesome badass gifts as well. Uh, With me right now as again, a very special guest. In a previous episode a while back, I did a whole episode regarding uh, Elon Musk and whether or not we're going to make it to Mars or not. And with me right now is half of Meteor, brand, brand, uh, Michael Wojelinski, man. What's up, Mike? How you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. Not bad, not bad. You know, I was actually just thinking about this the other day. How crazy 2020 is. Like, it, like it's so, like, I know it's just another year and all, but it's just crazy to think about for sure, you know?
1: Ah, uh, man, I don't even want to get started on that. <laughs> so I'm also turning 20 this year, so
0: it's going to be nuts. All right, we'll, uh, we'll uh, ease off on that for a second. <laughs> no, but uh, all jokes aside, uh, 2020, I predict, will be a very special year. Uh, Not only for technology, but I will say for uh, sports, there's going to be huge advancements in how we're going to watch games, how athletes are going to be out there. Or maybe sometimes out there it's going to be sometimes in the way we are learning different things. There's different things out there in the world. And all of it kind of comes down to technology and how much of an impact and how much of an influence it has on us. Because literally, there is more technology in our cell phones than there are that put man on the moon. So, uh, the, so much has changed, so much has happened. And I really want to spend this episode preparing me, and everyone else out there in the world about marketing, what's going to happen, what are things, what can we expect? Um, a lot of people out there in the world talk about how there's going to be a recession coming, um, and if it is, hopefully this podcast episode and this entire podcast channel can prepare you guys for that. Uh, Mike, you ready, man?
1: I'm ready, yeah. Let's get into it.
0: All righty, so to talk about. Um, before I get into sort of my content on how marketing all works, um for the past almost two and a half years, I've been in the marketing field of digital space, knowing what's the best algorithms, knowing how to leverage certain, uh, how to optimize certain tools over another, and mostly when to use one over another and how to double down on it and put out the best content uh, and best value for uh, a lot of the clients and a lot of the business world. You know, before I actually got into podcasting, I was originally. Uh, in the digital marketing space of social media marketing, where I would help people uh, grow their social media and get more awareness. So that's a lot of my background. Uh, Mike, kind of how did you get into this marketing field?
1: Well, I guess it's a long story, so I'm going to be really brief with this. But my first interest with marketing came after I started, you know, for the viewers that were the listeners who heard our last podcast about getting uh, to Mars with Elon Musk. I mentioned uh, my space account. So when I started my space account in late 2017, September 7th, 2017, that was my introduction to social media uh, marketing, digital marketing. All that that whole world just opened up to me at that point. So that was my original breakthrough into this whole thing. But I was still pretty young at that point. I was I wasn't too focused on the marketing aspect. I was more focused on you know space this space that. It wasn't until about last year. Uh, 2018, mid 2018, that uh, I started to realize, you know, how I could use my large platform to make money, to influence other people, to kind of turn what I thought was just, you know, me posting space pictures into an actual media company kind of thing. So I guess my whole marketing career, I guess you could call it, or my portfolio kind of started. Yeah,
0: like your background stuff.
1: Yeah. So. I'm still, I'm by no means, I'm no professional when it comes to marketing, but I do have significant amount of experience judging from, you know, how I've been doing everything for the last two years. And my own personal experience with it has helped me a lot, arguably more than the average person my age who's also taking marketing because I actually have done it myself. I've had to do Facebook ads. I've had to do Instagram ads. I've had to have my own Shopify store. Um, I make my own products. I have to sell them. So I have a decent amount of experience
0: with that. Um have you gone so for those of you uh who don't know uh, about us so currently i'm 17 mike you're 19 right 19 20, 20 yeah oh 20 <laughs> <laughs> um so roaring 20s baby yeah <laughs> so have you gone through post-secondary
1: uh i'm currently in post-secondary yeah
0: all right and and you're studying marketing correct Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of share with us the background of the marketing in post-secondary and now, mm-hmm. or like in the so, in the digital space. So yeah. what's so what's sort of the difference? What's something that we can look out for, and mm-hmm. whether or not you recommend it or not. So, but uh, we'll start from the beginning. So what what's what's something that you notice about it?
1: Yeah. So that's actually my problem. Uh, also building on what we talked about in the last podcast episode we kind of went on about how i think school is rigged and it's kind of stupid that's not to say that every program you take is but i noticed this firsthand with marketing because like i said i had my own experience with marketing i dabbled in it a little bit before i went to post secondary and the first thing i noticed right away is the marketing that they teach you in in class isn't teaching you how to do you know internet marketing digital marketing social media marketing it's teaching you how to work for a media company or anything like that you could become you know an employee for a marketing company whatever it is but they're actually putting you on the path to be an employee not to be an employer not to kind of give you the experience so you can do marketing yourself it's just kind of setting you up for you know this is what your boss will tell you what to do here's how you'll do what your boss wants you to do that's the first thing i notice is they're not like, they're not actually teaching you how to do it yourself. And that was my biggest problem with it right away. Yeah.
0: What do you mean by do it yourself? Can you do elaborate on that? As
1: in, so, you know how you were talking about how, you know, you have your own experience with Facebook ads, messenger marketing, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So, that was what I wanted to do. I was expecting to go into this program so I could learn more about how I could do that, how I could do it more effectively, more efficiently um and to be fair this is only my i'm only going into my second semester so i'm giving it benefit of the doubt i guess because i'm not too sure how it'll play out but my first semester they were just setting me up for you're going to work for a corporation you're going to work for a company um and here's what's expected of you so i didn't actually learn anything about digital marketing social media marketing which is what the topic of this is how to market in 2020 i didn't learn any of that stuff i had to teach that myself i had to learn it from other people uh and or from e books or just books in general. So school actually hasn't really taught me much about what I personally want to do in the future. Mm. That might be just my personal thing because I'm sure some other people are
0: in that class
1: specifically
0: to work for a marketing company. I guess you know here's my problem just on a side tangent. Here's my uh my issue when it comes to the post secondary part portion is that it teaches you, in my experience, because I've done sort of like a mini enrichment, which is like a like a, a trial sort of run of what post-secondary is like, and it always seems like they're just teaching you things that are either out of date, right? They're not compatible and not relatable to today's function, today's world. And the other part that really kind of fucked with my mind a lot was the fact that they weren't, they weren't really teaching me it, right? We have all this opportunity, we have all this uh, chances of learning it, and I don't really see how going to post secondary would even help you in that regard.
1: That's it, that's it right like there. That, like on.
0: that is like the ultimate scam. Like you literally went to this class because you're expecting to meet badass people. You're expecting to meet. Uh, good professors, you're expecting there to have the best resource and best material and spend time executing it, and there's almost none of that, right? In my experience, can you... uh...
1: I'll actually add on to that. Um, I I don't consider this a rebuttal or anything, but I think part of the reason why it's like that where when you go into these classes, there's nobody else who has the same kind of drive as us is... I don't know if you want the viewers to know this, but we do live in a pretty secluded area of the world, I guess, up north. Um, not a lot of Ottawa, people... Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of people here have these aspirations. Not a lot of people here, you know, want to dive into the social media game and want to do all these things. If we were in, in going into post secondary in California, we would be making connections every single second. So I feel like our location has a lot to do with that because people here, like I said, modest people, middle class, they just want to get an education so they can get a nine to five support their family. They're not interested in making connections so they could do podcasts with people. They don't care about making an Instagram page or a YouTube channel. That's not the focus up here. And I feel like that's part of the problem as well.
0: Uh, so it's like a, uh, a demographic sort of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or geographic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so what do they teach you? Can you what can what do they teach you? in those classes like what specifically
1: yeah so my first semester um i was learning a lot about uh i only had one actual marketing class i had business computer applications um accounting and communications so and and intro to marketing so i didn't actually have like this is all the prerequisites to get into like the further you know the next level but for intro to marketing Uh, don't get me wrong, they did teach you about marketing for sure. I learned a lot about marketing. I learned about, you know, geographics, psychographics, demographics, you know, the four Ps, um, like how to properly market a product, what is a product. It's just the basics. They're trying to teach you everything about marketing, all the little terms, the basic terms. um, And basically you just have to soak it all in and then regurgitate it on an exam. And, again, that's my problem with traditional schooling methods is you just – Got a piece of paper with a bunch of terms. You try to memorize it, and then you have to write an exam about what the terms mean. And you're not actually learning anything; you're just
0: memorizing things. And that's my problem. I think they have to memorize um, a handful of things. There's a handful of things that you should memorize because it's important and that you'll see it over and over again. But for the sake of memorizing something like who won the War of 1812, or you know who uh, who assassinated jfk or something like that you know like just Mm -hmm. things that almost have no impact or like no like you would you can still live an enriched life and not know that
1: exactly but that's the thing though because you'll get that like i said you'll get that sheet with a bunch of terms and you'll have to try and memorize it but the problem is unless you actually have hands-on experience doing this you're not it's not going to stick in your head yeah, you'll write the exam, but the second you walk out of that exam room, it's Caleb, gone. you're gonna forget. Half
0: of it. Yeah, well, yeah, no, dude, <laughs> like, that's the problem. <laughs> I, like, I will agree. I will agree. This, there's been instances where I'm just like, "Fuck, I am just memorizing this just enough, just enough, so that yeah, I just can to pass." Get by. Yeah, yeah exactly. just to get by. That's it. Exactly. Alrighty. Um I
1: strongly believe that school should give you that hands-on experience, and that's why I went to college over university because I know that university is theory. I didn't want theory. I wanted hands-on, and right now I haven't gotten much of that, aside from my own personal thing. Mm. So I'm hoping that will change.
0: Hopefully. Um, did they ever teach you about in the in those classes? Did they ever talk about uh, traditional marketing or any 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 of that stuff? Traditional marketing and like what newspaper, way? you know, uh, billboards, okay. TV, radio.
1: No. So this, I feel like this class was just basic terms, um, like, what is marketing? Why, I, so I guess they touched a little bit about what marketing is, but they never dove into the whole, you know, you back in the day, you used to put ads in a newspaper or, you know, a radio ad, whatever it may be. It was just, like I said, what is a product? What are the four Ps of marketing? The marketing pillars? What is a sales channel, a marketing channel? All, all that kind of thing, all those things. And like I said, you just had to throw it up on a test or an exam. Um, that's why I'm really hoping next semester will teach me a little bit more about, like you said, you know, newspaper, traditional marketing methods, uh, I guess modern marketing methods as well. Cause I know there is a program, uh, there is a class in the program about, uh, digital marketing. So I'm hoping
0: that that'll be my
1: forte, but I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah. Only time will tell. Right. Yeah. Um, what about, I'm, I'm assuming, so they haven't touched a lot, a lot about digital space, right? Um, not yet. Have they talked about anything about like costs or anything of, you know, having enough uh, ad budget? Did they ever speak about that or about the direct response sort of side? No. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> None of that, dude. None of that. None of that. <laughs> All righty. So uh, I really want to stick on to the topic. So I, I, let a, I had a little bit of an introduction with you talking about. You know your experience and my experience, uh, through that post-secondary phase and sort of what they teach us, or rather, what they didn't teach us, I should say. Um, but I really want to speak about marketing in 2020 because a lot of you guys who follow my stuff uh, want to know about entrepreneurship. You guys want to know about uh, how to be a better version of yourself. I'm not trying to say this in like some Tony Robbins, you know, get rich quick scheme sort of way. I'm saying this because I provide a unique perspective on what a lot of people don't say. Um, And I really believe that the things that are not said should be the ones that are said. I know that sounds very counterintuitive, but just bear with me on this one. So how to market in 2020. Um, I'm going to give you guys a couple of tips on how to market on 2020. And obviously we have Mike here to chime in every now and then to speak about some different aspects. Mm So one of the very first things that I want to sort of uh, talk about number one and actually none of these are better than another Th- this isn't ranked I want to say that this list is um, or these tips that I have on my mind are um, they're not they're not ranked in any way they're just thoughts that I have that I just want to get up there that I want you guys to listen integrate into your life into your business um, whatsoever so very first thing I have to say is to niche down, right? We talk a lot about people saying like, "Oh, niche," uh, you know. I have this niche or I have this niche. To me, niche is a certain group of people. I think that's. Would you agree with that, Mike?
1: Yeah, yeah. A niche. A
0: niche is a certain group of people that have something that you are targeting. So a very common example of a niche. Uh, what I was doing in the marketing field. A lot of the times when I was growing and building out my agency on what I was doing um, was that I would target uh, wedding planners in Ottawa. I would find out some of the best wedding planners, okay I gotta make sure that they have five stars um, or I gotta make sure that they're in within 20 miles or you know 15 miles of where I live. Um, there's different parameters of what's going on and what's really important, this is a huge thing in dating world, um, you have non-negotiables meaning that your demographic who you want as your target audience they have three things that they have that you want right so let's say for a dating uh example you want someone who is white you want someone who makes at least twenty five thousand dollars a year and you want to make sure that they live 10 miles from your house right Does that make sense mike but yeah. i know <laughs> i know you probably don't have do you have a girlfriend I do team. have a girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 So, exactly that. But you have three non negotiables and you implement that into your niche. You have three things that you want from someone. Um, this way that you have an abundance mindset of saying, hey, just because someone said no to me, which probably will. There are a lot of the time marketing and when you're acquiring clients or acquiring customers for a business, a lot of the time when starting out, there's a lot of numbers that you have to go through. And when you, find, uh, when you find that niche, when you find that group of people, you want to hire slow, fire fast, right? Meaning, when you finally get their attention, when you finally get a chance to talk to whoever this customer is or in the dating world, um, you spend some time to get to know them, right? And the second yep. that they show red flags or something like, hey, they don't have an ad budget... Maybe that's what you're going for. Or maybe say, hey, they don't have enough content. The second that they start showing up red flags all around you, that's when you have to start dipping. But that's okay because you have an abundance mindset, abundance mentality. It's actually funny because I was actually uh, hanging out with a couple of my friends uh, before hopping on this uh, call right here. And uh, I was talking about abundance mindset. You need to have an abundance, right? And look, there definitely will be an audience for you. You just have to make sure that you have your three non-negotiables of who you want. And then once you have those three non-negotiables, you start going out there, right? It's relatively simple. I know a lot of you guys out there in the world are like, Caleb, I can't do this. I can't do this. Bitch, shut the fuck up. You can do it. All right? <laughs> I'm not trying to Caleb, say this. I don't
1: want to interrupt or anything, but that's actually a really good analogy, that whole dating world thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That should
1: help a lot of you because that's smart for sure.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You need an abundance mindset. That's what that way you're not all clingy, you're not all needy because let's face it, needy is fucking creepy. Right? A- anyone who decides to argue with me on this, you're probably a fucking loner, right? Now, I'm not saying this again to insult you. I'm saying this to make it obvious, right? So, you should have a small to medium specific niche of people who have three non-negotiables that what you're looking for. This way you can identify the problem that they're facing, and begin to start stereotyping them. When it comes to, let's say, if you want to go and translate this to the direct response world, there's a setting in uh, Facebook called lookalike ads, which makes it look, which literally tells Facebook, "Hey, Facebook, shh, uh, I want you to show my ads to people who have this characteristic," and it should almost be a stereotype outline of what you, of what your ideal customer would look like. Now, I'm just saying, I'm just using Facebook as an example. You can use this on YouTube as well. Um, This way, when you start having a niche of people, targeting becomes significantly easier. Addressing objections becomes significantly easier because you're understanding your audience better. And you're you're speaking on a specific pain point on what they're facing. This way, again, when any objections come, you're like, okay, I already know that shot. I know what you're going to do. I know how to counter it. So really understand your niche and understand where they're coming from so you can again address objections, bring up pain points, and really help them draw a picture of what they want. And you know, simply your solution or what your product, what your service is is gonna be what will solve that person or that, that niche is problem, essentially. Now, very common question I get is Caleb can I slowly like switch markets? Yes, you can. Over time, what I was going through, when I started out with wedding planners on how to on growing my agency a lot of the time, um, what I would be doing is that a, I would almost acquire everyone I needed. I would acquire maybe about three or four of them that really wanted to work with me. and then that way I slowly I stayed in the wedding industry. That's what I, that was where I really wanted to, to be in because I knew that everyone would want to spend and blow money on it. So I'm like, yes that's that's where it needs to be. Um, and the next step I did was that okay I'm already I took up all the space in wedding planners. let me do wedding photographers. And what I just did is called market segmentation. I slowly switched my market. I still had the people I had in the wedding planning industry, but now I slowly start shifting out to wedding photographers. And this way when I started working with them, uh, what I would end up doing is that I would use the wedding planners that I had as social proof and I'd use them as a way as a testimonial to encourage the wedding photographers to work with me. If that makes sense. Um, Mike, you got anything to add?
1: No, that's that's pretty interesting. I do have a question though. So like you mentioned you did, you did some marketing segmentation there, but what exactly was your I guess
0: job when it came to that? All right, so excellent question. So what, what I So the service that I provided I actually I was gonna do this a little later, uh, but oh, what I sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I was doing I was doing Facebook Messenger marketing. sorry, so I knew uh, every single person. There's a lot of people out there on the internet on entrepreneurship's out there talking about marketing agencies and starting it up, and they're always using the same tactics and same formulas. So what I did to set myself apart from everybody else was that I would create YouTube videos, an uh, uh, unlisted YouTube video, which where I had a specific link, and I would literally show these wedding planners and these wedding photographers on how I would help them build out uh, a campaign. So I would literally go on a site called Minichat. Um, shameless plug. <laughs> um, I'm not affiliated by them. They're just a really good software that I used. Um This way, you can automate the messages that you get. And every time, I would literally show them on my screen, because I would screen record it. or would literally show them, hey, here's what you need to do. Here's how to say it. Right, here's a here's a YouTube video. So what I would be doing, I would be incorporating a YouTube video. I'm saying, hey, here's how you can use I see you have a YouTube channel. You can post your own YouTube video and make it unlisted and make it so that every single person that you have on your email list, you can literally transfer all the emails that they have, put it on uh put it through the software of mini chat, which would also collect the emails, and would also send them a request to join your own Facebook page. This way you can also add um uh, automated messages, and every single, you know, at a set time, you could send out an email blast or uh, or a messenger blast, right? You can do both of them at the same time. And this way, you could also have the content that you already had and start adding on, uh, asking people, to hey, we have a promotion, what's going on? I think uh, I went, we, sometimes we had a, a summer, I think it was a summer, summer velvet promotion, which is where, like, during the summer, we have... Uh, we have some content. What's going on? If you guys want, uh, if you guys want me to do your planning, this is what I would literally write out. I'd also do the copywriting of it. I um, say, hey, if you guys want me to help you, right now we're having a thirty percent off promotion. Deal ends on July twentieth. Um, that's what I would be doing. So I was almost, I was the manager and also the content creator and editor. So I did a shitload of work for for them for sure. Because I'd also also I would also do uh, ad copy as well. So that's what I would be doing. So again, it's a lot on your plate. Um, but again, this is I'm giving you sort of the whole bachelor's degree on marketing in 2020 and beyond. Um, but you got any more questions? You want to add anything?
1: No, that makes sense. You answered it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: again, all you guys listening at home, I guys I really want you guys to understand where I'm coming from. I know I'm providing a lot of detail, and maybe at times, maybe a little bit boring, because I really want to make sure that I'm providing the most, uh, most rich content that you guys can consume, because, again, there's a lot of bullshit out there, there's a lot of people out there in the world that are saying, like, you know what, uh, I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and it's almost crazy, because it's like, uh, do you know, um, uh, CoffeeZilla, by any, by any chance, Mike? No. He's, no. like, okay, if you guys are listening to my stuff, go listen to his stuff, CoffeeZilla, um, it's literally coffee and then Zill at the end, but he literally has testimonies of people exposing people like uh, Dan Locke, Sam Evans, Alex Becker, um, and telling them that their honest opinion. It's like almost like a Me Too movement to fake gurus in a way. Um, and again, this is why this uh, this is why I have the whole podcast out here because I really want to share with you guys what I wish I knew. Because I get like I always say, there's so much bullshit out there in the world. And we need to learn to avoid it and learn to move on from it. And almost learn to avoid it to begin with and how we can counteract it and what's true and what's not. So, I know, really long-winded. So, number one, niche down. Number two, take a product, take a service or an experience and pick one that you enjoy doing, enjoy providing. So, So many times, like, I'll be honest, I remember when I tried to, when I originally decided to try and grow my agency, what I really wanted to do was to try and focus on gyms. I I don't know why I did gyms. It was literally a random thought in my brain. I said, you know what, I'm just going to do gym owners. But the truth of the matter is, I hate the fucking gym. So it almost, (laughs) like, just, like, I'm being, like, legit real with all of you guys and Mike. Like I hate the gym. Going to the gym is the worst fucking feeling. Like it sucks. Like yeah, you're there to exercise and and that's about it. But like the the act and will to get up in the morning and to go and work out is the fucking worst. And I hate it. It sucks. So it almost it, it, it was almost as if every time I worked on it with I tried like, working on it with a potential client or a prospect. I like was like, fuck me, man. This sucks. So what I really want to say is take a product, take a service or an experience that you actually enjoy doing or, or enjoy providing or being around. Like if I had to restart, what I would do, I would literally start a consulting business, right? Uh, specifically on basketball shooting. That's what I would do, right? I, I played a lot of basketball, and I'm a pretty good shooter and not a lot of people bet against me so I'm like you know what I know a lot about that that's what I would do so with that being said really really have really spend some time to focus on what you want to provide and what you want to do right because the second you start and not not to get all Tony Robbins you know Jim Rohn Gary Vaynerchuk Mm -hmm. sort of level of you know just 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 believe in it no like I genuinely say this from the bottom of my heart. You should literally enjoy what you're doing. You should have some level of not fulfillment, but like a level of enjoyment. Like you find it fun, right?
1: Yeah, it will be more efficient if you like what you're doing.
0: Yeah, Mike, you wanna you wanna chime in? No, you're literally saying everything that I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Taking all your ammunition, nailing it. So that's that's number two. Number two, literally. Find a product, find a service, or find an experience. Again, um, experience, let me uh, back this up. Experience is something, uh, a lot of people talk about product, a lot of a lot of people talk about services, but no one actually ever talks about experiences. And experience is, is you spending the time uh, enjoying a moment, or you viewing a moment. You going to the Toronto Raptors game, or you going to Travis Scott's concert, or you going to Trippy Reds, um, that's an experience. That's an example. They're not selling you a physical product. They're not selling you a service. are they're selling you an experience where if you go there, you will have a badass time. So I just want to clarify that. I know a lot of you guys, you know, ask me, I, I completely did. I did a whole episode on product, service, and experience. Uh, you guys can go check that out. Uh, it's in the feed of my podcast. If it's not, I will definitely re upload it for you guys for sure. So that's number two. Number three and now, let me be clear when I say this, figure out the value of what you sell. So a lot of people talk about value. A lot of people say like, you know, you're supposed to give out the most amount of value. You're supposed to have the most amount. Uh, like, and I almost get to the point where it's really confusing. So before I sort of give my definition of value, Mike, what do you think is value? What do you consider value?
1: I consider value anything that gives that person a solution to a problem. A change in mindset, a positive change in mindset, or something that just genuinely improves their day-to-day life in one way, shape, or form, whether it be uh, mentally or you know a physical product, just something that makes their lives better or improves a positive thing.
0: You know what? You're almost right on the money on that one. So, to me, value splits up into three parts. Right? They're really you know if you guys are writing down notes. Write this down. Value splits up into three parts, and it's increased money, increased time, or increased happiness. So, like what you said, Mike, having a uplifting sort of a level of enjoyment in doing something. So you have to figure out within your product, your service, your experience, figure out where your product and what you sell can serve someone in one of those three sectors. Right now. Sometimes there are certain products, certain services out there in the world where it can solve, where it can solve multitude of different things. Let's, for example, um, AirPods, perfect example of that. Um, they don't help you make more money. They don't help you get more free time, but they give, but they do give you a badass experience at listening to music. So, increase happiness. Uh, let's say uh, an investment. Uh, you put in, you put in for five bucks, and it somehow made you a hundred bucks. Well, there's value in that, right? It didn't help you get more time, didn't, uh, but it did help you become more happier, and it helped you make more money. Um, another one could also be a washing machine, right? It doesn't help you make more money, but it helps you become more efficient when you're doing your laundry, right? So time, yeah. it helps you save more time, exactly. And again some different things could help you um, can help your whole okay your whole objective is to get your product or what you sell attacking one of those sectors one of those three again increase money increase time increase happiness now chances are if it increases happiness uh, it may not necessarily always bring you money or bring you uh, time bring you more time but the also, what could make you more money, or what should make you more money, and make you more, give up more free time, can most likely make you more happier. Am I clear when I say that? Yeah. All right, so, so that and that's the problem, because so many people out there in the world are saying like, oh, I'm selling the software right here, and I'm just like, what do you, like, what, I'm, I'm almost thinking in my head, what value does it attack? more money, more time, or more happiness. And it's almost as if like, pardon? Like
1: when, if they're selling something that gives no value to the customer, it's only going to give value to the person selling it because either it will give them more money and selfish. uh, Yeah, it's just a selfish way to to try and give value to yourself, not focusing on the needs of the customers.
0: In a way, and I'll definitely get into that. I'm glad you brought up customers as well. Um, But that's definitely something I want to touch on for sure. But we're going to get it. So that's number three. So have what you're selling attack one of those three different sectors. Again, make more money, get more free time, more happiness. Moving on. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it so far. If there's something you'd like me to talk about or someone you'd like me to interview, feel free to leave the topic or guess in their survey show notes. And if you love this podcast, show sure your love by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher and leave a review of what you think about the show. All right, let's get back into it. All right, number four, identify how you're gonna deliver what you sell. So, by delivery, I'm not talking about Amazon or Shopify and that. I'm not talking about like a UPS truck pulling up to your fucking door. I'm not talking about that, not that delivery, but the delivery of how your product or service or experience will impact other people. I'm not trying to, again, say that in a Tony Robbins way. I'm just saying that to be clear and be obvious. There are, again, three ways to deliver a product, service, or experience. Provide better quality results. Provide more quantity of the desired results. Or provide the desired result faster. So, a lot of the time, a lot of competition, when I was in... I'll give my personal experience. A lot of the time, when I was originally doing Facebook ads um, and just helping out businesses and stuff a lot of the time that they were saying oh i was getting pitched a lot pitched a lot and one of the things that i asked them uh, i say hey what made you choose me over the competition right and a lot of the time they said um uh, well some first of all a lot of it came down to the vision of how i would show them how they would I, you know the video that i ha- that i sent them was like maybe about 40 minutes long on how to do it and occasionally some of them Spent the full forty minutes to actually watch the damn thing. So, that's one thing. Um, second part was that I was able to provide the results faster. That was one. Of, that was uh, that was even one of the things I was going for. But I knew that they wanted customers for their. They wanted brides for their business. You know, I'm again in the wedding industry. So they wanted. I knew that the target audience were mostly women, white women, who are the ages between twenty-seven and thirty-four who go on Facebook between hours of nine o'clock and one o'clock, right? And again on again, this is a whole sort of in depth analysis of it. But my the way I was able to deliver results was that I was able to deliver results just faster, right? Again, some people out there in the world have better quality. Another version of this could also be when someone if someone else is in the wedding industry, they could they could provide better quality brides. So some of the brides are uh, not always qualified maybe you know sometimes they're a little short on money or sometimes uh, they just don't want a huge amount of people or sometimes they just don't have the budget again there's different quality uh results but sometimes the brides that they would get that they could get i should say uh, could also just be a pain in the ass to work with that's one of them Right, so that's an example of quality. Quantity could also is just straight up simple, just like you have a lot, you have an, again abundance of customers for a client. That's one way. And again, third way I talked about was the way I was going for which is just how fast could I do it. Um, again, there's trade-offs uh, to each and every one of them. Quality, in my experience, when you try to go after quality uh, for your product or quality uh, for a result, I should say. It takes longer time in my experience. Um, it may take uh, anywhere, you know, hypothetically, could take a month, could take a year to get those results. So it takes a while. Um, again, for quantity, sometimes it comes down to fulfillment. You know, do you have you're pushing out so much uh, result or trying to get so much of your product out there in the world that you almost get a decline in the quality. I get. Uh, that's something I find. And then when you're going for the speed of what you're going for, what I find is that sometimes you can almost be in a rush and you can almost burn yourself out in a way. So, again, those are the three ways to deliver your product, your service, or your experience. Again, more quality, more more desired quantity, or provide the desi- uh, the desired results faster. Those are the three ways to do it. Mike?
1: No, like, that's your forte. So, for sure, whatever you say goes <laughs> well, what, do you,
0: what do you have to say to that? Because those are the three that's really on my mind. When it comes if we're talking
1: to- yeah um, well just based on everything you said I mean I haven't personally done such a thing with uh, whether it be with the wedding planning or you know making videos to try and appeal to them uh, or anything be like competition I never have I don't even have a competitor I guess in that regard. I mean I guess I do but not in that way. So I'd like to add on, believe me, but I can't really add on to your own personal experiences. For sure, for sure. Because you have way more knowledge and expertise when it comes to the actual hands-on crap. But I like everything that you talked about. And based on you know, the theoretical perspective of everything, I would say you nailed it. Like You pretty much covered everything that you need to have when it comes to either marketing traditionally, on social media, uh, just, just stuff like that. You pretty much got everything that they would be teaching you in school. Mm-hmm. Clearly, your personal experiences
0: have given you actual experience. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, those are the three main ways to deliver results. Again, I also want to say this, I'll, I'll add on something else as well. So many people forget about results. Like so many times I like I've been in a group chat with other people of other marketers and stuff like, yo, man, I finally got um, they'll say they'll, they'll type this as a post. It's like, yo, man, I finally got a customer or I finally got a client. You know, we're doing you know, we signed a signed a deal and, and I'm excited for this. And I literally almost type back to them. Good. Now provide some results. That's literally how I'll I'm not I'm not saying this to be a dickhead. Uh, I'm saying this to be aware. Because that's almost where everyone falls off, is that they finally they get through this sort of challenge of trying to get that first customer that they want, or that first client. And what will end up happening is that they, they, they're not deep enough in the knowledge on how to resolve the problem, and in which case they almost lose that client or lose that customer because they just can't solve the problem. And I'm, I'm sharing this with you guys, listening, because I know that that will be a huge hurdle to go after and it's it's almost devastating in a way because it's like you've pushed so much fucking effort to just get your first client yeah. and you're not even able to provide results i
1: made that mistake too when i first started my so i don't want to interrupt anything but when i first started my uh my space store um i wasn't focused on the fact that hey what value am i actually giving these people in my head it was just okay i'm gonna sell a space shirt or a space sweater and see where it goes. I'll use that money, reinvest it in my account, uh, maybe make a website or something. But the problem that I came with is I tried really hard to get my first customer. I spent hours making the store look nice, uh, trying to get good designs. And don't get me wrong. I made some sales because I have over 200,000 followers. I was about to make a few, but it wasn't nearly as as much as I thought. And I was trying to figure out where I went wrong. And I realized on the, uh, from the outside looking in, if I am Following a space account, what is actually pr- like pushing me to buy a sweater? I'm following the space account because I want to learn about space, not because I want to buy your fucking sweater. And I figured I, I realized that I wasn't giving anybody true value, or at least not the value that they wanted. They want education. They want to learn something new. Them buying a sweater is not going to help them with any of those things. And it's good to make mistakes like that because then it'll make you realize hey, I approached this the wrong way. I need to fix this. Uh, what else can I do? What would make them want to buy my products or my service? And then you go back. And instead of spending so much time trying to get one customer, like
0: you said, try and fulfill their needs. Exactly. And you know what? Um, I will add this on as well regarding customers before we get into our... This is a slam dunk. I promise. Um, there's a lot of the time. Uh, I did a whole episode on how motivation and stuff like that is not entrepreneurship right entrepreneurship is you going out there and growing a business right it's not you fucking around with some bitch it's not you being in a bentley it's not you being in a ferrari it's not you living in a fancy house it's you growing a damn business right can we agree on that yeah for sure like that's what it is but people get so confused on like you know i'm in entrepreneurship fuck no you're in the fucking self-help world what are you talking about Right. So I have to tell people about this stuff. And there's so much, there's, uh, there's a shitload of distractions. There's a shitload of, uh, people making noise over here and making noise over here. And almost the one thing, the one sort of Polaris star, sort of North star in the air or in the, in the sky, that can really guide you and get out of these blizzards and these storms is to focus on the customer and their needs. If you focus on the customer and their needs you are good. That's literally what it is because now you're structuring your business. You're structuring your brand to that niche of audience, of people, of of how you're going to solve their problem. That's it. That's literally it. It's not you, you know, okay, I'm going to, you know, be around uh, other people. I'm going to be – it's not that. Fuck that. Fuck that shit, right? It's not you doing some, you know – What's some other self help stuff? I don't even know. <laughs> but it's the majority
1: of things on the internet. These
0: I, days. I I don't, it's not like fuck off. It's not that, right? Focus on the customer and their needs. That's it. Yeah. Moving on. So, Mike, have you heard of the USP? Do you know what it stands for? The USP? USP. What is it? A unique selling point. Have you heard that? Nope. Really, they they really haven't no, talked. No, wow. Okay, so I know um, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny because um, I was about to say we hear a lot about USP, but you kind of blew my joke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard a lot about the
0: USP. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. So, unique selling point. Um, a lot of you guys who are in the space, you guys hear a lot about unique selling point. You know. What's something that you sell, or what's something that you have that's um, that's unique from every single person? And I really want to change the narrative of that because I believe it's completely dead. I completely, it's. I think it's completely garbage. I think it is gone, and it definitely fucks with a lot of people in their head. And the whole unique selling point used to be, you know, we have free shipping, or you know, we have uh, the new Xbox, whatever. That was the example I use for a unique selling point. Um, Shout out. I didn't get this actually idea, but I'm going to relay it to you guys. So shout out to Victor Antonio from the sales influence podcast. He taught me this word and it's called a unique aggregate proposition. So a unique aggregate proposition means that you are a combination of different things. And I love this quote. I literally had to write it down. It's, Sometimes you can't win by being better, but you can win by being different. And I almost like, I was like, fuck yeah, that was what I needed. Don't win. Don't always try to win by being better. Win by being different. Now, there's an extreme to this. Some people say, like, oh, you should be different, and they do completely something Hayward, which is completely unrelated. But to go back to what I was saying, so I, again, I started off in the messenger marketing world. What everyone else was doing. What my whole competition was doing, a whole uh, a group of other students from other gurus and stuff, what they were doing were nothing but Facebook ads, Instagram ads. But not a single person did YouTube and not a single person did mini chat, messenger marketing, right? Not a single person did it. So mm-hmm. here I was, I, w- I was literally unique from doing the complete opposite of everyone else and then combining it together. So now I was incorporating emails I was incorporating Facebook ads, I was incorporating messenger marketing, and I was incorporating YouTube. So anytime I had a lot of clients, and one of the common objections that I get was like, oh, why should I hire you? You're like, you're you're 17. Actually, at the time, I was like 15. But, you know, Caleb, you're 15. You don't know anything. You know, this other person over here is 30. That's the only difference. And I said, no, that's not. They provide Facebook ads. They provide X, Y, and Z. What I provide is this. Like, I provide menu chat right? I provide emails. I provide ad copy. I provide content creation. This is, I, I, I was a combination of different things. And I'm, the reason why I'm saying this is a lot of the time because you guys listening to this who want to start a business, who are trying to grow a product, trying to grow a service, trying to grow an experience, you're trying to do it and you're competing against other people who are doing the exact same thing as you. So why don't you try and be a little bit different? Stay, still have in mind, hey, If you're in the world of saying, hey, I want to get into marketing, I want to do this, I want to do this, right? Your objective is to help businesses get more money. I'm like, cool, right? There's multiple ways to skin a cat. Why do you have to do what everyone else is doing, right? From a quick glance, when you start doing something different, you automatically separate yourself. You're in a complete outlier. All you got to do is provide the results and provide the knowledge that you know what the fuck you're doing, And you're able to close and you're able to provide results. So that's why I said a unique aggregate proposition, which, again, means you're incorporating different things into your service, into yourself, into your product, and into your experience. And even when you're trying to uh, build a team or anything like that, incorporate this as well, right? You want different aspects of different things. You want to have a little bit of diversity in who you are as a brand, who you are as a person, and who you are as a team. Mike, you want to you want to add anything?
1: No, that that makes sense, man. Seriously, like I know I said this many times, but you're nailing it.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Are. Uh you know, with that being said, um a quick shout out to uh Mike's uh account Trillionaires, was it? What is it? Trillionarism. Yeah. Tr- Trillionarism. Uh, Trillionarism. To, uh you want to talk about that for a bit?
1: Sure, yeah. Well, Trillionarism is I guess my service and what I'm doing with one of my friends who unfortunately couldn't be here today. He was supposed to be on the podcast. But uh, what I, what we're doing is we are trying to be Instagram's financial advisors. So if you guys are on Instagram, I'm sure you've seen the business accounts where they post the same damn shit every single day. How to make more money, uh, how to invest more money, and quotes from Gary Vee, quotes from Tony Robbins, Dan Loke, all this shit. You know what? The business niche on Instagram i niche, uh, it's easy to monetize. But the problem is, like we talked about earlier, nobody is truly giving you value. Nobody cares about what you want. They're just trying to grow their following so they can get shout outs for money. That's all they want. And I want to take that to a next level. I want to actually provide value. So what we're trying to do is be Instagram's financial advisors. We have our own personal experience when it comes to growing Instagram accounts, Instagram pages, how to monetize those, make money online, ways to invest your money, We're going to actually go hands first, focus on the needs of the customer, provide really good content. We're making educational posts, carousels, things that will actually catch your attention. Interesting. We want to provide actual value, not just throw some bullshit quote in your face. No, we want to actually have something that will make you want to follow us. And with that being said, we're going to use our influence to help people who are struggling, who want to make money they can tune into our podcast like this learn about marketing learn about how other people are doing things and we just want to help people not just feed them bullshit not just feed them lies not just try and motivate them we want to take to the next level because not a lot of people are like that on instagram everybody's chasing the money we're trying to chase
0: the motivation we're to value. value mm-hmm. i agree i agree there's a lot like i said a lot of bullshit so Uh, That's number five. Number five, again, a unique aggregate proposition. Combine different things, right? It's hard to be number one, right? It's hard to be the number one best basketball player. It's really fucking hard. But if you can be, let's say, top 10 best basketball player, or you can be, let's say, top 10 best comedian, right? When you combine different things, you have something different from everybody else. Um, So that's number five. Number six, so... Uh, What I've said so far is a whole lead-up to what I really want to touch down on, and that is um, you want to be number one or number two, right? Number. Let's face it, when you're buying shoes, right, at wherever you want uh, to buy it, whether it's on Amazon or anything like that, chances are you only buy shoes off of either Amazon, uh, Nike, you either buy it off Nike or Adidas, right? Yeah. That's, that's basically it like all of my shoes that you I've are worn sure. are completely Nike completely adidas so when you combine again unique aggregate proposition when you combine you're niching down your audience when you're picking a product or service or an experience that you actually enjoy working on when you figure out how you're gonna sell value right when you figure out how you're gonna deliver right your results what way you're gonna do it and when you combine all of them together again, your objective is to be option number one or option number two, right? Like I said, I'll give you the example of shoes and Nike. When you're, whenever that's the problem,
1: you're... though, brand loyalty is such a big thing that it's really hard to break into the market. If you're trying to, you know, if you're a new company with brand loyalty, I either have Adidas, uh, Nike, or maybe Reebok, too, you can't climb up there.
0: Yeah. So hard. It's it's so hard. And another example to really drive my point home. Let's say you're at the mall, right? You're at the food court area. And there is a Kentucky Fried Chicken, there's an Arby's, there's an A&W, a Harvey's, and then there's McDonald's. Where does everyone go to? Right? <laughs> like 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 literally ask yourself, where would you rather want to go? Right? Yes, I would want that Junior Chicken. Yes. Yeah. Unsalt my fries, please. Like exactly. Like that's that's a little that's a, a prime example of being the number one, number two option. Now, maybe for some of you out there in the world, McDonald's, you guys don't like it. Cool. Well then you also have Harvey's, right? Which is my second option. L- legit. Legit my second option. So that's what you want to be towards all of your customers and to all of your uh your stereotypes of your niche, right? You wanna be as number one and number two. Now, you can do this when you start posting ads on what's going on and what your business is and what your vision is and how you're going to solve this person's problem. That being said, move on to number seven.
1: A lot of content, though.
0: That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's very rich. So, number seven, in my opinion, marketing and advertising and building out content and being out there in the world really boils down to the quality of what you're selling and the impact it has on the customer now like i said i'm not trying to say this to be all tony robbins i'm not trying to say this to be special or anything like that this isn't any self-help shit fuck that shit right i agree (laughs) (laughs) thank you the impact on your customers meaning the value what value are you giving them right again make more money more free time make them more happier Now, when you do this right, when you've implemented everything that I've said so far, the second you start building out content, the second you start putting out ads on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, right? The second you start doing this, your business should almost take off, right? No, not the Migos, not the Migos. We're not talking about that. (laughs) It it should literally take off because... You have every single thing all covered. You have you've made sure that you've done your research on your customers, on what your on what the stereotypes are. You've figured out what what the three non negotiables are, right? That you've decided in your head. You figured out how you're gonna advertise them, where they're gonna be. You figured out how you're gonna deliver your product or service. You figured out whether or not your product or service is number one, number two, and if it's badass. So, like I said, throwing money at this should literally just take off right it should literally just be your business scaling that's where it should be right for i remember when i was doing uh marketing for a lot of uh for all of the businesses that i work with the wedding planners and wedding photographers when i worked with them we didn't actually use any advertisement, right for about the first month, first 3 weeks, we didn't use any ads. What I wanted to focus on was to make sure that any of the stu- any of the leads that they have, any open-ended leads that they have, I wanted to be there to help them close. That was what I wanted to work on, right? And then we start throwing on ads and then we start scaling up on what we're going to be doing. That's what it should be, right? So I really want to touch on that point on how throwing money at it doesn't actually solve it. Throwing money at it is just a high. That's it. It's just a superficial high that you're feeling. And the second that it's gone, everything goes like a... It's like almost like an airplane without when its engines are killed. It just slowly starts declining, right? But often, unfortunately, what entrepreneurs do is that they straight up just don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about their product. They don't give a fuck about their service. They don't give a fuck about the experience that they're getting. And what happens is that customers, whenever they buy this stuff, right? if it's bad quality or if the if it's not if it doesn't fulfill the results of what the customer wants then they're obviously going to leave bad bad experiences they're they're going to be like no this is complete this is a complete scam this is garbage i completely wasted my time so what will be left behind are nothing but bad reviews right discouraging you from and discouraging any of your potential customers going to your business And also high refund rates. And I will say this. If you do not refund people's money off of this, you are a fucking scam. And you deserve to be burned in hell for that shit. Because let's face it. No one wants to be scammed. And no one wants to be a victim of it. So don't cause it. Period. So that's what I really want to touch on. Again, that's sort of the whole encapsulation of marketing. Again, quick recap of everything that I've said so far. uh, Looking through my list. And... Niche down your audience. You know, pick a product, pick a service, pick an experience that you enjoy. Figure out how uh, how you're going to sell the value of your product, your service, or your experience. Figure out how you're going to deliver what you're selling. Uh, make sure that what you have and your own brand and your own company is your unique aggregate proposition. Make sure you start implementing every single thing to become the number one or number two option in your niche uh, and make sure that you do every single thing that I've said. Make sure that you keep an eye on the customer. Make sure that they're happy and don't leave shitty products out there in the world. That's all I got to say. Way too many shitty products out there. Way too many. But unfortunately, people buy them. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's the problem.
0: Um, So there is that part of it. Now, one last final bonus point i want to say on this which mostly just pertains to just growing a business not necessarily about marketing but i've done a whole video not a video whole episode on this in the past you guys go check it out but you should again love what you're doing it's hard and almost impossible to be motivated to do something if you straight up just don't enjoy it right and i'm saying like love it i'm not saying like you should like it and there's a a really good quote that i really want to you know throw it there it's by Pablo Picasso he says never permit a dichotomy in your life a dichotomy in which you hate what you do so you can have pleasure in your spare time look for a situation in which your work gives you as much happiness as your spare time so but what he's really saying is you should love what you're doing you should almost have this feeling of flow like I've talked about this in the past where um you know whenever you're having a good conversation with someone and you realize, oh shit, it's an hour. An hour has passed, but it's only, fin- it's only felt like 10 minutes. That's what it should be like with your business, right? Now, if that's not for you, that's okay. Entrepreneurship isn't for you, right? That's, that's completely fine. Some of us are geared towards that. But for those of you who are serious about this, those of you who want to get into this, you should love what you're doing. You really should. So again, ask yourself, if you didn't have to worry about paying the bills, if you didn't have to pay, worry about paying rent, paying insurance, paying for health care and like that, if your business didn't make any money for one year, would you keep at it? If the answer is no, that's completely fine. Just go get, go find a job that you love and just do that. There's compl- there's a whole bunch of jobs. Like I said, abundance mindset. There's so many jobs out there in the world where you can get paid a shitload of stuff and a shitload of money and have a fucking good time doing it. So that's what I gotta say. Marketing for twenty twenty and beyond. Mike, anything to add as we no, close on this?
1: I actually it's really good because it'll make you really realize if you're only doing it because it's gonna make you money or because you actually enjoy it. For instance, my dad uh owns his own construction company and I know for a fact that, you know, if you didn't have to worry about the bills and have to worry about anything and if he had the option, Hey, would you still do this every day for a year without getting any money? He probably would say no. And unfortunately for him, he's in a a circumstance it's doing really well. So there's no point in him, you know, finding another job or anything because eventually he can sell it for a lot of money. But it just makes you realize, Hey, like don't get into something where you're only chasing the money because eventually if the money ends up not coming or you get too, you know, discouraged or anything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then, You know, you're going to have a really tough time. Your mental health is going to decline. You have to actually love what you're doing. I did my space brand shit for two years before making a single cent from it. And I would still continue doing it right now. The money is not what I'm focusing on at all. And I feel like a lot more people need
0: to be like that. If anything, what you should be chasing is flow. Where the feeling of Mm -hmm. one hour feels like one minute. That's what you should be chasing.
1: That's what it feels like, yeah for sure no that's that's important a lot of people need to understand that business is not supposed to be stressful well it, it obviously it will be but there's
0: a good level of stress but not, but not a. Fe- it's in. not
1: supposed to feel like it's it's weighing you down and it's making your life miserable because if it
0: is then you're in the wrong sector no comments and that's my final thoughts no comment because i agree <laughs> all righty <laughs> hey mike happy holidays You as well, and to everybody else listening. Yes, as well. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year as well. Maybe you guys are already... Last week, 2019. Yeah, maybe you guys are already listening to this and it's already 2020. Maybe. Maybe. So...
1: In that case, make sure you leave all your bullshit in this decade, okay? 2020 should be a fresh start for everybody. All your negativity, all the shit that's bringing you down and weighing you down, leave that shit in 2019, please. Please. Alrighty. Peace.